0: fulcrum transmissions a star wars podcast thank you for joining us this week episodes will typically be uploaded every monday and any changes to that schedule will be posted on our twitter and tiktok at fulcrum pod and on instagram at fulcrum podcast so be sure to follow us on any of those for previews and information about upcoming episodes
1: hi my name is sage you can find me on tiktok and on twitter at sage sandula and on instagram at sage and i use she they pronouns. My name is Claire
0: and my pronouns are she, her, and you can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Claire Crease.
1: Today we're going to be talking about The Mandalorian. We are re-entering our after show era, uh, finally. Before we start, we should say we're having a giveaway. Happy Women's History Month. Um, We talk a lot about women on this podcast and we will continue to do that always, but special month giveaway thank you for listening and all that um literally to enter you just have to be following us on Instagram or Twitter or both um and repost retweet repost on your story the post that says our giveaway um yeah you can also donate to um really any women's charity you would like. Uh, but we also have a list uh in our card and on our Twitter th- and on our Twitter thread that was recently posted. Um so if you donate any amount of money to any women's charity and just send us a screenshot of your uh donation confirmation, we will uh, put your name in five extra times. It's five extra entries. Um so yeah. We have a really like diverse list of um charities to donate to if you don't have one in your in mind already uh and we'll put them in the show notes too so this week the mandalorian has come out we've watched it um and there's a lot to talk about there's a lot to talk about we had our recap episode last week so we're probably not going to talk about previous seasons um like giving recaps of those but yeah, it's going to be so interesting with with me and Claire on this podcast. This is the worst
0: possible combination of people to talk about yeah. the Mandalorian, guys. I mean, <laughs> it really so is. Awesome. Yeah, we're going to be kind of annoying. We always are, but it's about to get worse.
1: Yeah, let's start. We're going to try going chronologically. It's not going to work because, well, <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work. Um,
0: <laughs> fighting. about the like last 10 minutes of this episode...
1: Um, I'll start with uh, I am happy to see Grogu and Din reunited and like hanging out and Din being a dad very cute
0: we first talked about how the recap fully had scenes from the book of Boba Fett in it (laughs) and I was like I I wouldn't be able to tell you the difference (laughs) oh but like imagine if you didn't watch it and you were like wow I don't remember this and then you see Din and Grogu together and you're like "Mm." yeah (laughs) we were at least gonna do a little like here's what you missed on the book of Boba Fett but it's okay I watched it so it doesn't really matter to me I can feel that it would matter to some people but
1: yeah I'm sure that people were confused (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah anyways getting into that first scene with the the children of the watch i have so much to say about this like sect of the mandalorian religion i don't want to start complaining right off the bat okay that's the thing like, i really don't want to start complaining right off the bat we just got started but i mean it was it was nice to see kind of this tradition um of bringing of making a youngling or a foundling into a mandalorian that's really cool. Glad we got that. There was a little um, snake, sea snake monster thing that tried to eat the kids. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Wow, this is a really long fight. Wow, it's still going. (laughs) Um, And then came in and blew it up or whatever. And then that's how he was introduced, back to the armorer. Cool, cool, that's so cool. Um, and then she kind of just said absolutely everything that was said in the book of Boba Fett. Okay, don't we think we're getting a little bit redundant? But I get it, like not as many people watched the book of Boba Fett. Maybe, maybe that show should have been about Boba Fett. That's crazy.
0: I, I do also, though, feel that maybe she does need to keep saying that stuff, because the last time she said all that stuff in the book of Boba Fett, a lot of people were like, wow, she's so right. Like, I, she's so correct. And I was like, guys, the entire point of that scene is that she is wrong, <laughs> like that she's just saying stuff because like it's her, like it's all like in her character to be saying all that. yeah. Doesn't mean we have to agree, and a lot of people failed to see that when she said it in the book of Boba Fett. So maybe this time people will think critically. I doubt it. <laughs> to be completely honest, like if you're if you miss the point already, you're probably gonna keep missing it. But you know, maybe maybe we got yeah. a few <laughs>
1: um, after after that happened. Dan was like. I will go bathe in the waters and the mines of Mandalore. And I forgot, I was like, this show is so extra and dramatic. (laughs) And I love it. Like, I really do. Like, I'll be like, oh, that was an interesting line. And I'm like, okay, but it was funny. (laughs) Like, why is he talking like this?
0: See, Um, I think that's another thing is I already see people complaining being like, Andor like ruined other Star Wars for me. Like any, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, Andor was really, really good. And I wish that some other Star Wars projects would be that good. However, Mandalorian is not supposed to be as serious of a show as Andor in any way. Like, people are like, this dialogue is so unserious. Yes. Like, look back at Star Wars, period. Look at the dialogue in A New Hope. Like, you're telling me that you thought that was on the same level as Andor? Absolutely not. And I'm not saying that in a way that's like, the Mandalorian is better, Andor is better, because they're like completely different stories, and completely different projects. And I just, it's so exhausting to me seeing people already comparing them and being like, oh, this isn't as good as Andor, like this is different than Andor. And I'm like, guys, do we need to do that? Like it just, it's so, it's one of my like pet peeves with the Star Wars fandom is that everything has to be about what was better than something else. And it really it doesn't matter and like you can enjoy multiple things without being like oh my god this was like a cinematic masterpiece and the best piece of television ever created like it doesn't have to be really
1: right no it doesn't have to be I I don't think that the two shows are comparable and I don't think that they necessarily need to be spoken about um in a in in like comparison to when it comes to like oh what story is like being told here obviously the Mandalorian is connective tissue for the larger Star Wars projects I don't think that's necessarily a good thing at all actually but um because it is like at the expense of character development and um like dropping plot devices that can be used for later at the expense of the characters and like the overarching story that they're trying to tell um but i do think you know it's not like i i never thought i was i wasn't like oh Andor like was too good and it ruined the show for me I never thought that they're like this they're very different that's not to say that there aren't critiques that need to be made about the mandalorians writing um because it's not good (laughs) sorry um i mean not overall i'm not saying that at all i love the show i think that that the mission a week um structure of many shows and, and especially many star wars shows um has now been pushed in compressed into um three missions that are unresolved by the end of the episode okay sure That's so interesting. Like, that's a really interesting idea. I don't know why anyone would do that. Um, But I thought, like, the direction of the show was phenomenal. I thought, like, there were some great shots. There were, you know... The direction of the show is always going to be good because they switch directors every episode. Isn't that so interesting how multiple people can put their perspective into something and it turns out amazing? (gasps) Now, imagine if the writer's room did that too not even that just imagine if there was more than
0: three men in the writer's room
1: and for many episodes just one I mean we're already talking about the writing so I guess I'll talk about it um I was having a discussion with a couple of different people since this episode came out um about the way that the children of the watch are like portrayed um as this like canonically horrible like cult right and I was like okay there can absolutely be cults in star wars there have been there always will be it's super that's a part of you know creating stories in a world that is so massive in a galaxy that's so massive um and there's a lot of complication in even just like the lore of mandalore and what religions are what but i think that people tend to lack uh, the ability to maybe see this show and its writing outside of the perspective of what John Favreau sees when he's writing um or the other two male uh, writers um who have written the show so far um it's just like din Djarin is essentially a part of an orthodox sect of the mandalorian religion and Um, In an American perspective of, you know, we in America, we have like very liminal views of uh, what are oppressive, quote unquote, religions and what are correct, quote unquote, religions. Um, And so you see like the people who are othered uh, in our own society are Muslim people, Muslim women, especially and Orthodox Jews both of who veil and find that very fulfilling um and then you know Din Djarin has this whole thing about like not taking his helmet off and that's really important to him um but I think when people you know talk on the internet about this show and it's not their fault it's how the show was written uh is is to is that this is so horrible and oppressive to him but he's the one who wants to do it like he and he like Took off his helmet for something that he thought was more important. So true. Grogu, he's a dad, you know, he Grogu is his child. But we see him now after even after that, it's been like two fucking years or whatever since the last show. Apparently, who knows what's going on there. Um, and and he's you know wanting to reclaim, not reclaim, uh, reestablish his relationship with his beliefs. And that's not a bad thing. Um, I think that you know people just need to be like, oh, let me think for five seconds before I speak. But it is how the show is being written, and that is a that is a unfortunately a byproduct of having a writers' room that is has three men, only three men in it, and for a majority of the episodes, one man who lives in Hollywood and is I white.
0: Just think like there's a difference between. Because I see people being like, oh, by the end of the season, Dan is going to like not wear his helmet all the time. And I'm like, there's a difference between that and like him distancing himself from the children on the watch in terms of like the problematic things they have done, which right. have. And but that doesn't mean that he can't still have those beliefs. It's just like he doesn't have to be a part of everything that they're doing, which again, a lot of it's not great. But that, but like, I don't think that that for him is gonna mean like, oh my god, I'm gonna like take my helmet off whenever I want. I'm gonna like live what because he, like you said, he believes in that. He wants to be sort of like, what's the word? I guess like forgiven. That's not the exact right word I want, but like he wants to go to Mandalore. He wants to go to the mines of Mandalore to like reclaim his place and like and sort of what is the word I'm looking for? Is not forgive and yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter. We get what I'm saying. Um, and so he wants to do that. It's clearly very important to him outside of what like the armor or like Paz Vizlar, whoever wants him to do like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I think that pe- to some people it's like very all or nothing. It's like either he's a full blown member of the children of the watch does everything they say completely buys into like everything that they're telling him or, he is completely distanced himself from everything they've ever believed in. And I don't think that it has to be either one of those things. And I don't think it should be because again, like it's, it's on an individual level, like these beliefs are very important to him.
1: Right. No, that exactly. I think that, you know, instead of, it, instead of building like a world within Din and building, like, a relationship to this culture that is literally supposed to be the center of his character and exploring, you know, what being a Mandalorian means to him as and, like, with and without the Watch, um, that is being, you know, that is being sacrificed. That sacrifice is not the right word. That is being set aside for uh, the writing of this mandoverse um they are trying to just you know make a lot of things happen really quickly uh so they can you know pump out a bunch of like new you know hints about other shows that are coming up um it's it, this is truly the mcuification of star wars uh so i don't know I just think that we should be very wary of how we talk about certain things on the internet because y'all the some of the takes that I have seen over the past couple of days read a book pick up a book and go to school I the problem also with like all the
0: interconnectivity with like other projects is like okay yes I think that Din Djarin's story should be tied to the story of Mandalore because he is a Mandalorian however what does Din Djarin have to do with Ezra Bridger? Quickly, quickly. Because oh. I the, the amount that they're very obviously using this show to set up the Ahsoka series, the only thing within this show that even remotely should link it to the Ahsoka series is Sabine Wren because she's a Mandalorian and had a very pivotal role in Mandalore's history, specifically as it relates to Bo-Katan Everyone else in that show, you can have that show this doesn't have anything to do with you. And I'm just saying this because I'm not saying that those characters are going to start showing up and I really kind of hope that they don't. But like, even with Ahsoka Tano, she literally showed up just to be like, I'm not training Grogu. And also to be like, guys, there's a show about me coming out. (laughs) And like, okay, whatever. She's a Jedi. But that entire episode was just a way to like, promote that they're making a show about her. It's the same with her showing up in the book of Boba Fett. And I'm like, that's fine. That's great, whatever. But like, can we just let, because when this show just kind of existed on its own was when it was at its best. Like season one was really good because it was just about Din and Grogu. And there's obviously going to be connections to the Jedi because of Grogu's force abilities. And I think that that is very interesting. I wish they had explored it more in this show and not in the book of Boba Fett. Uh, but, But you know, the past is the past. But there's a difference between like Grogu having to explore what it means to be force sensitive, but also like choose not to be a Jedi and being like, let's shove every surviving Jedi character into this show, even though they have nothing to do with it. Like Luke was the one who actually trained him, not Ahsoka. And I, you, we all know I love Ahsoka Tano more than anything, but she didn't need to be in this show. And I hope she doesn't show up this season, but Dave Filoni is in the writer's room. so my hopes are really low (laughs) but yeah i do think that like the actual idea of and like i i think the scope of the plot like has been getting bigger and i think that that is a good call because it again it started out with just like din taking grogu around the galaxy to keep him safe and now it's about like the battle for what's left of mandalore and i think that that makes sense but there's a difference Mm -hmm. between like widening your plot to involve Like all Mandalorians and the actual like story of Mandalore beyond just this one guy, and linking it to other shows that are going to come out during this time period that are completely unrelated, other than the fact that they take place at a similar point in time. There are a lot of Star Wars stories that take place at the same times that don't have anything to do with each other because it's a massive galaxy. And in the past they, those stories have been allowed to exist simultaneously but not have to be so linked and i don't think that the stories in this era need to be linked to each other unless there's a link that actually makes sense beyond like how can we best promote another show that's going to come out
1: so what happened after this was that Sinjarin went to what's the planet called cavallo navarro, navarro? that's the one <laughs> <laughs> guys I'm a Star Wars fan believe it or not <laughs> um but they him and Grogu they go there and they see Grief Karga. he basically Navarro has changed quite a bit since the last time we've seen it it's been three years I guess um and and uh yeah there's a lot of droids um there now and I will I will be talking about it okay I will be talking about it but first I'm sorry can we let IG-88 rest please please don't bring him back um I really liked that they I literally the scene came up where the statue of IG-88 was and I was like oh my gosh (laughs) they're memorializing his death this is so cute like this is like finally some like actual like humanizing that's a bad word but that's the only word I can think of right now the droids um in like actually making them seem like people who deserve to be you know remembered after they die and then Dindran was like I need him back I was like what what do you mean and then they were like no that's not gonna work Din you this is so stupid I feel stupid talking about this like it actually is upsetting but it is upsetting to me because why would Din be like I need him back for my own purpose I need him to literally guide me through these tunnels or whatever on Mandalore Hey, but it's been like three years over three years since he's died and you just now want to bring him back to life because you need him for a mission it was stupid it was literally dumb I was like you guys are literally dumb anyways I was not happy about it um also let's move on I think we should move on um from these little things that happened in season one we need to get over it it's okay the plot can move forward actually and then and then there was that pirate thing that actually made me laugh because they set it up like it was gonna be
0: like the big conflict of this episode and then we right. got to the pirate king ship he was like what if I just left
1: yeah but also yeah did
0: any of that really need to be there? No. And I'm not saying that every single thing in the show needs to have like this greater purpose. Like it, it can just be silly, but like the, here's my thing. The pacing of this show is really picking up this season. And I don't have a problem with that, especially when it's eight episode seasons. And like, I know we have a lot to cover this season, but we're used to having, and I think you said this already, like the mission a week is now like three different things happening in one episode but only one of them actually matters really yeah and I don't so I'm not like oh my god we shouldn't have anything in here that isn't like directly linked to the overarching plot but I'm just like I need to know what the plot of the episode is like I need to know if you asked me what this episode was about I could tell you like four different things and they would all be right because it was about a lot of different things but ultimately like we ended up where we needed to end up, but yeah, the the pirates. I'm sorry. I just thought it was so funny when he was just like, "I'm just gonna leave," like, and they and they had this like this that like green the green guy, mm-hmm. who looked kind of cool, whatever. Being like, supposed to be like, oh my god, he's like this big bad pirate, and then he was there for like two seconds, and like, will we ever see him again? I don't know. Probably not. Like, if I had to guess.
1: I don't know, I thought it was neat, <laughs> or he's gonna like show up in the last episode to yeah. like hint at something else coming in the future. No, literally, why couldn't it have yeah. just
0: been of Naka? He's literally out there, like
1: at least I so, really
0: cared about him. Maybe him and Din could become boyfriends.
1: Maybe, actually, no, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, oh,
0: I, I thought Din Jaren's boyfriends, though, not gonna lie, when him and Grief Cargo were interacting, I was like. Because Grief was like, oh my god, can you please stay here? Like, I'll give you a house. I'll give you a job. Like, I really just want you to stay here. Okay. Okay. He has, like, six boyfriends. He can have one more.
1: Anyways, that scene where Grief and the pirate guy were literally just, like, looking at each other, like, about to unholster their weapons, it was so long. But there was, like, two minutes of them just looking at each other
0: it was like we can't expect there to be a Dave a project that Dave Filoni is in any way involved in without there being a quick draw but like usually at least it has like significance to the plot you know what I mean like like when we had like Cobb Vanth and Cad Bane in Book of Boba Fett like okay but this was just mm-hmm. a random pirate guy who we've never met before I was only watching with my friend and she was like are we supposed to know who that is and I was like no He's just no. a guy, but they're trying to make it seem like he's so important. And I was like, okay, can I just see boktan actually? Like, not to say that's all I care about, but it is. I'm just kidding. Guys, I love this show. Not just for her. They sure did bring all those pirates for nothing.
1: Anyways, with uh moving on to grief cargo, Sarah has like he's done a lot, he's done a lot for Navarro. Um Navarro's thriving but it does seem like maybe it's getting to his head um and I'm worried that they're gonna be like oh he's corrupt he's doing bad things for money just now and I'm like okay because I mean he he did lead like he was in a high position the bounty hunters guild not that long ago (laughs) um but yeah I, I don't know it's it was really weird it, i don't know the whole like navarro like scenes were weird vibes uh the Inzelans were so adorable though obsessed with them they oh this is so embarrassing for me i literally was watching it and they were like oh well we have some of the best droid we have the best droid builders in the galaxy and i was like no you don't because i'm not there and <laughs> would you believe me if i told you i was an adult <laughs> with a jaw <laughs> My
0: favorite uh, character in the episode was the Anzelen who hated Grogu.
1: So true! Grogu trying to hug the Anselen. was like, just... bad baby. I was crying. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. It was funny. Um, I didn't like the fact that those little droid guys were just, just like, carrying Cargo's cape around. I was like, what have you guys, like weren't like this but whatever I digress we'll talk about it later I don't have the energy to talk about droids right now I really don't um moving on though after Navarro comes bo right no first he <laughs> While
0: well, they're on their way to oh my god we didn't talk about the pergill anyway um
1: there was pergil in it cute
0: I got excited and then Bogtan showed up later and I was like, okay, I don't care anymore. Sorry. Sorry. I am a rebel stand first and a human being second, but I'm a, wait, no. I'm a Boktan stand first, a rebel stand second, and then a human being third. Oh. So normally any reference to rebels would have been the most important thing to happen, but Bogtan was there. So priorities. But no, while he's on the way to Kalvala, he <laughs> attacked by the fire yeah we talked about that and then he gets there also can I just say we have our little like cameo pool thing going that we do and I was like can I put a planet because I had to be that person everyone said yes I put Kalabala immediately yeah. got a point immediately got a point Obsessed. Um, I think I'm winning right now because like no other characters <laughs> But yeah, they did go there. For those who don't know, it is the like Kree's homeworld basically, but bo was not born there. She was born on Mandalore, but Satine was born. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about today, like an hour ago, when I saw someone being like, so, okay, for context, Katie Sackhoff was asked at the premiere if she knows how old bo is. And she was like, <laughs> love her so much. She was like, I don't know, like, 47 to like 51. and now everyone is being like how is bo katan only 47. guys i love katie sackhoff so much i don't even think dave filoni knows bo katan's exact age so why would she also she probably is like 51 in the show because if have right. you know the map, which i have she was probably like 21 22 at the end of the clone wars which make her like 50 51 now but people who are the 47 part of that and are now talking about like what that means for her age in comparison to Satine and Corky and I'm like guys and I saw someone literally being like talking about their theory that Satine is actually bo mother yeah I saw his that siblings with a 15 year age gap don't exist I have a brother who's in his 30s guys we exist <laughs> it's real it can happen it can be done which also explains why they were literally born on different planets like and, yeah. and I get that, like, the, some of that can't work out because we know, like, when their parents died, like, she couldn't, she had to have been born before that. But, like, guys, why are we taking Katie Sackhoff being, like, I don't know, like, 47 as, like, hard canon? Right. Again, love her. Love her to pieces. She's, like, yeah. actually my favorite person ever, guys. You know this. But, like, it's not that serious.
1: No, exactly. And that really is, a, is like, it. like,
0: thinking about how old she is and being, like, bo is probably, like, five years older than me. It's not that big anyway i was like do you think that siblings with a like large age gap don't exist okay anyway i forgot what i was saying oh i was talking about how she was not born there anyway it doesn't matter the point is she's there now because she doesn't have anywhere else to go uh because everyone abandoned her yeah i have a bone to pick with all of mandalore and every mandalorian ever because like why are you not supporting Bo-Katan Kryze? Why are you not supporting women? Is Women's History Month? So true. You're gonna not support a woman? Okay. Says a lot about you. Specifically, uh, listen, I love Casca Reeves. Where are you now? Hmm. Where's actions mm-hmm. now? I would love to know. Um, because she literally came back without the dark saber, and everyone left. Everyone was like, "Okay, well, we're not gonna follow you, girl." <laughs> I'm gonna fight people, and then loved in jaren so much truly but a lot of the point like uh, a lot of the point of this scene and like whenever he learns things about mandalore is that he doesn't actually know a lot about what actually happened on mandalore he knows all the like prophecy and like curse type stuff but he doesn't know the like actual truth of what happened which is not his fault like love him so much however when oh my god when Katan was like Talking about how all that stuff was nonsense and like it people were just gonna follow whoever had the dark saber anyway. And then was talking about how like the minds of Mandalore and like the surface of Mandalore was poison. He was like, You just said you didn't believe in the curse, make up your mind. Shut up. Yeah. Don't talk over women because her oh my god. Okay, listen, John Fabro. We know how I feel about that man, mostly because of how he has written both Tancrees. I will say. I like the idea here, okay? Whether he will actually pull it off? We'll find out. But the idea, the, the placement of bo character as, like, she has failed so many times. And I'm not saying that that's her fault, because a lot of that was because the Empire, like, literally destroyed her home and killed everyone and, like, pushed her out of power multiple times. But still, to her, it's just been failure after failure. And to some of her people, It's the same way. And so when she shows, when she tells everyone I'm going to go reclaim the Darksaber for Mandalore and then comes back without it, people abandon her. And we're like, you're never going to be able to reclaim Mandalore. So like, we're not going to follow you anymore. So I like this placement of her character being like, I've just given up because this is like her like 10 millionth time trying to get people to fight with her for Mandalore. And it's never worked out i like that idea again though the list of writers on this show makes me a little bit nervous of where this is gonna go yeah i will hold judgment until we actually see it play out more like i like i said i i i think that if the idea of her character being in this place makes sense to me for her character and i know everything about her so I'm right but again the execution is where I will have problems if it doesn't go well that being said
1: she looked really hot yeah agreed totally agreed um she she was slaying uh I do think that I I love I love a good woman has been trying to um achieve her goal and fail so many times uh that she has given up and kind of goes into like a fit of depression and just like is completely lost it it's it's great because women you know women um (laughs) but I I will say uh I I when I saw that that scene her speaking I was like wow this is everything wow I should I take back everything I've said about the writers of the show like I think I take back everything I've said and then she was like goodbye Din Djarin, or something like that and she said it in a way with a look on her face that made it seem like she knew something he didn't you know um and I was like oh no is she faking it is she pretending to be, um, like, like totally depressed? And is she faking, like, losing this, her people and all this shit as a ploy to get the Darksaber from Dinjarin? And remember how this whole time we were like, oh, she's going to be the antagonist of the series, you know, and we had that feeling. In this episode, I, when she was talking about it, I was like, oh, we were wrong. Slay, she's not gonna be the antagonist. And then at the end, I was like, oh no, she is. See, no, my
0: actual fear is that because, like, I understand from a marketing perspective that a fight between the two of them would be good for the show. However, I don't want that because I know that it would be a thing where it's like, she's just so angry and she hates, she hates him so much for having the dark saber, And she's so fed up that she just challenges him to a duel, which I personally wouldn't like, yeah. but I'm also kind of just, I'm like, I know that it's kind of good that I'm unsure of where this season is going because like, why would I watch something if I knew everything that was going to happen? But I'm also like, let's look at, let's look at how it is right now. Din Djarin is probably not going to rule Mandalore because he doesn't want to and also why would he do that but that leaves us with like kind of some options for who could potentially be and I and it's also a question of like is are the Mandalorians actually going to return to their home world like because at this point it's kind of up in the air but I don't want a situation where she challenges him out of spite which based on the handling of her character in season two I can't rule that out I can't be like they wouldn't do that because we know who's writing this show and I've watched the other Star Wars things that he's written that have women in them yeah I have watched them so the expectations are kind of low I don't know it just it made me sad to see her like that because I obviously care a lot about her um and so i i I do like the idea of her being completely alone and everything is very sad to me and it will be sad for me to watch the series um if we're going in that direction but again i think it makes sense and i think it's better than her going on this like angry revenge quest against dinjarin because i don't really want that and i also it's like she she has been fighting for Mandalore literally her entire life. And there were times where she was not going about it in the best way. I'm not going to pretend that she's never done anything wrong ever. But the point is she's still been fighting. She has fought more for the people of Mandalore than probably anyone else who's still alive at this point. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that she's done all that and people are turning away from her because of some ancient prophecy that says that just because she didn't win the Darksaber in combat last time the Mandalore was destroyed, and you know she blames herself for that. I've literally been saying this like she, the Empire. The first time she was in charge, the Empire forcibly removed her from the throne and put Gar Saxon, aka worst person ever, as the governor of Mandalore. And then when she finally was like, okay, maybe I can have a second chance to lead, they destroyed the entire planet and killed almost everyone and took the dark saber. And then on top of all of that, people were like, this is your fault because you didn't win the Darksaber in ritualistic combat. Girl, a fascist empire just bombed your entire planet. What was Bo-Katan Kree supposed to do about that? Quickly. What would, how was she supposed to prevent that? And she actively fought the empire. The reason that they had to remove her from the throne was because the Empire was like, we're going to take over Mandalore. And she was like, no, we are not. And I will fight you. And then she did. And then she lost because it's the literal Empire and Saxon clan betrayed her. And so just, I literally wish that people wouldn't talk about her because she Is now at a point where, like, she did all that, and people are still like, You don't have the darksaber, so we're not gonna follow you. And that's why I love that line where she's like, You go ahead and lead them, like, wave that thing around, and they'll do whatever you say, because she's finally realizing that people never actually cared about what was best for Mandalore. They just cared about this sword. And, like, I, and it's the same way with when people are like, Why wouldn't she like respect Maul's claim to the throne after he won the darksaber? It's because he. Was not going to be good for Mandalore. He never cared about the Mandalorians. He never cared about them at all. And so the fact that some of them were like, "Well, but he he won the dark saber, so like we're gonna follow him. Like that's what that's what our like tradition says we should do." And she was like, "No, I'm actually going to do what's gonna help us." And that is why she is where she is now. And so I think that she's so right to be mad because I would be too if I were her. I'm mad on her behalf that that, like, she still can't get anyone to support her. And it's beyond just, like, oh, they don't want to follow her personally. Like, whatever. The point is, the reasons they don't want to follow her are not anything to do with her actual leadership and everything to do with the fact that Din Djarin has the Darksaber and she doesn't. I forgot where I was going with this. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about her. I will say, though, I got really excited when i was watching the credits and it was like starring pedro pascal and katie sackhawk so true i do appreciate that i I do appreciate that that. finally my girl is getting time in the spotlight
1: that she deserves and some people are really gonna hate that but good i feel like she's going to be just as much of a main character as as dinjarin is which can go either way i'm not saying it's a good or bad thing because we don't know Absolutely. I do at least
0: appreciate that we're not starting from a place of the two of them actively fighting each other, which is what I thought was going to happen based on everything. Oh, my original point was about who is going to rule Mandalore if they do reclaim the planet, which I don't remember what I was going to say, but it's not going to be in Dinjarin, probably. People saying it should be Grogu. I get it. I get the, like, Jedi Mandalorian thing, like, because this all started with a Mandalorian Jedi, and so it ended with one. However, Grogu's a baby! And also, they've been criticizing bo this whole time for, like, laying claim to the throne based solely on her, like, name and her bloodline. So I, like, why would they, like, Grogu do the same thing? But again, that just leaves us as Dinjarin, and I, I don't know. I don't know. I just... Don't know how this is going to go. I
1: have concerns. Yeah, I'm not going to make a judgment off of the rest of the series based on one episode. It's fun. It's fun to watch. I enjoy, always enjoy enjoyed Din Djarin and Grogu. I love that little shit.
0: I'm just thinking about Bogutian sitting on that throne, man. <laughs> also, we know that there's more scenes of her sitting on that throne because as someone who went through all the original trailers and pulled every single shot of her there's some we haven't seen thank god love. no like love i it. was having like a full body reaction to that scene i was like oh my god guys that's my wife just to so go gonna... start kissing women
1: real so
0: true but i guess another woman i mean if she if she gets a female love interest i'm going to be like those people who hated um what's the woman's name in season 1 who flirted with din Djarin. i'm going to be like that <laughs> Uh. the people we were really talking about how much we hate last week but it's yeah. different if it's me because that's my <laughs> wife okay yeah. let's let's clear that up I'm, I'm kidding guys I would never hate on another woman because she got to kiss focusing crazy I didn't especially if the woman was Fennec Shan yeah so true let's make it happen Ming No Wen was at the premiere I know that she is playing or she that Phoenix Shand is going to be back and also in a relationship with Boke Tan Creek. <laughs> Jonathan told me guys he told me when he also was telling me that Boke was in her 90s. Stop. Stop. i still believing. I could not have been more obviously a lie. I also already see people hating on her. I saw this person who was literally a woman embarrassing that you would say this about another woman being like, Bogtan's like depression and and like like fi- uh, like acting like she is is already getting so tiring. Just shut up. One, it's been five minutes. She was on screen for like maybe five minutes. Two, I'm sorry that she's a little upset because her entire body got destroyed. I'm sure that if you were in that situation, you would be fine. I'm sure you would. Yeah, I remember when I said I wasn't going to get involved in online discourse. Yeah. I lied. <laughs> I've already been arguing with people about her like every single day, especially because half the time is just people being like, remember literally her first appearance in the Clone Wars? And I'm like, guys, it's been like over 10 years. Maybe yeah. we could talk about what she's doing now. So true. Also, I just love Katie Sackhoff so much. Slander on Boctan is a little too close to being slander on her. And I'm like, no, I understand that BoKtan is a fictional character. However, Katie Sackhoff rules do not apply if I see anything bad about her. I'm so obsessed with her. Every day I get mad because I remember that she's
1: going to Star Wars Celebration and other people are going to meet her. Yeah. I just remembered that um, we don't know who Corky's mom is.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and that is- Anthony mom is Satine, so. Anyways, <laughs> I really don't get it. I really don't get it. This is almost as bad as when someone said that their theory was that Omega was a younger Bo Katan Kreeze. And I'm like, putting aside the fact that Bo Katan exists in canon as a teenager who looks nothing like Omega, oh.
1: why would you even get look like Omega's name out of their mouth for real? Stop talking about my child. God,
0: I was like, I was like, we literally saw Bo-Katan in the Clone Wars as, like, a 20-year-old. Yeah. And then we saw Omega as, like, an 8-year-old at the same time. Obsessed. <laughs> obsessed. Oh, it's so funny. Why are Star Wars fans so obsessed with two women being the same person all the time? Mm-hmm. Like, this is like when people were like, oh my god, Claya from Andor is Sabe.
1: Yeah, they're literally like, oh... We Guys, we barely women. have any female
0: characters as it is. Stop trying to combine them. Stop trying to make them into one person. Also, like, tell me you don't actually know anything about these characters, because how would Voktan go from being in Death Watch to being Omega to- To being a clowns? clone? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. not possibly uh, be serious right now. There's oh, concrete sorry. canonical evidence to disprove that theory. Thank you so much for listening to Fulcrum Transmissions. Please feel free to send us questions. You can DM them to us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. Also, if you have any girl bosses you'd like us to do an episode of four, you can send them in as well. If you enjoy our podcast, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd really appreciate it. Once again, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode.